0: leading a state or local government agency in the US, but finding it hard to get rid of operational and technological inefficiencies. You don't need to look any further because help is here. Welcome to Rethink IT with Abhijit Virakar, a podcast dedicated to helping municipal leaders, city and county managers, mayors, CIOs, city or county council members and others, rethink IT and make government more efficient.
1: Hello and welcome to today's episode of Rethink IT with me, Av. My guest today is Patricia Robledo with the city of Knoxville. She is the business liaison for the city. Patricia, thank you for coming on the show.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: We've known each other for quite a bit now and uh, you've been my, well, not just the liaison to the city of Knoxville, but we've, we've become friends. And so it's so it's exciting to have you on. Tell me about and tell our leaders about your story. How did you end up in this important position with the city of Knoxville?
2: Oh, what a question. I'm still asking myself that same question. <laughs> I think uh, a lot of it had to do with luck. But basically, when Mayor Rojero was elected in 2011, she invited me to be part of her administration. She was looking for somebody that would be the liaison between um, the different city departments and the business community, because she had heard from the business community, letting her know that sometimes it was difficult to navigate the different city processes and specifically which department to call about which process and such. And so she just wanted somebody that would be customer friendly, that would be responsive, that would help connect people. We had seen each other at different community events and different boards that we served on and such. And so she knew I was somebody that had a heart of service and uh, liked people and liked helping people. And she thought that I was the right fit for that. And so for that, I was very grateful and then uh, stayed with her for eight years. And then uh, Mayor King Cannon was elected and was very happy that she wanted me to stay on with her administration.
1: Oh, it, it made me happy too that you stayed on. So our, as you know, this, this podcast is about technology in, in government and in your role, you've probably in the last eight, 10 years, seen how the city has changed operations to become more tech friendly. And on the other side, in your role as business liaison, you've probably seen the growth in the city's entrepreneurial community, because I know you're involved with K-Tech and Entrepreneur Center also. Tell us a little bit about the evolution of tech-oriented businesses that want to do business with Knoxville.
2: Thank you. So, uh, you know, in my role, a lot of the changes that have taken place have been just helping out the newer business models for which we do not have ordinances, and so I work with our law department and the different departments that need to be at the table to try and see how we can change or create an ordinance, change uh, maybe zoning Mm -hmm. uh, and such. So in terms of technology, I can't say that from my office, things have changed, it's still very much just a lot of meeting one-on-one and working with the different departments. I do work with the KC. I'm actually proxy to mayor on the board of the Knoxville Entrepreneur Center. And uh, I do try to attend as many entrepreneurial events and, uh, with the Knoxville Chamber and, and such. So uh, I do know that there's been quite an evolution in terms of tech companies, uh, startups and such, and that's very exciting to see. And so um, I hope that it continues growing and we continue evolving. And I think it's a really exciting time for Knoxville. I'm just seeing that we are business friendly and we have a good ecosystem that supports uh, startups.
1: And in your role with KEC and K-Tech and everything else that you're doing, are there any companies within that ecosystem that are focusing on government technology?
2: Not that I know specifically, I know I've talked to you quite a bit right. about it. And uh, I, I know the different departments have worked with different companies, but my office specifically has not.
1: Okay. We talk a lot about innovation on this podcast, and everyone has a different definition of innovation. What is your definition of innovation?
2: Oh, goodness. You know, innovation for me is looking at something from a different perspective. And just doing some some things differently, yeah. you know sometimes it's the way it is done because that's the way it's always been done, and so sometimes uh, you look at something in a different way and find a new way to do it. I think you know during this time that has been a, a difficult time during this pandemic, I think maybe some things are getting accelerated, right? Yeah. So I know that for the city uh, working remotely has been something new
1: yeah.
2: So this platform of meeting through Zoom and other uh, platforms—it's it's something that is really new to us. So some events force that innovation of doing things differently. Yeah, uh, and sometimes it's just asking—for me, it's asking the basic question of why do we do it that way? You know, and that sometimes helps sort of change the way we do things with businesses.
1: You're right. It's amazing how we just took this on overnight, right? I know people that would never do a video meeting. They're like, we wanna see you in person. So that changed overnight. And it, it's one of the positives to come out of the whole COVID situation. So in terms of you know your, your role is to sort of help businesses like ours do business with Knoxville. And you're right, we haven't done business with Knoxville yet, but it's not uncommon for any city to be seen as difficult to work with. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes down to, you know, in our lives, in business and banking and anything else, it's so much easier to just get what you need. And that's what's changed with COVID too, right? We used to submit RFPs. We still do maybe four or five a month through paper. And all of a sudden, they're okay with receiving email responses now, right? So do you see that as part of your role to sort of work with your city counterparts to say, hey, this isn't working for our businesses. Can we pivot and do things differently?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that this has been an opportunity to learn how to do things differently. Of course, Mm -hmm. as you know, the city is under a cyber attack at the moment. And so, you know, that is also changing things up of how do we get things done when we don't have access to certain things. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes there are systems set in place that make the processes longer. And there's, those processes are there for a reason. So if I'm in private industry, if we're talking, for example, procurement and, you know, if I'm a private business, uh, I can go tomorrow and buy a hundred pens and not think about it. Yeah. You know, in, in government it's different. We, we need to see, you know, how many bids we get and it's more of a competitive process and we wanna make sure that we spend taxpayers' money in a fair way and such. And it is, it is sort of that balance and that struggle of having to do things a certain way and then making it easier for businesses to do business with the city. And uh, we have a great team in uh, purchasing department that is trying to really do outreach and uh, help the small companies and minority-owned companies to be able to come to the table and be able to participate in those processes.
1: Those guys are great, by the way, Pam and Penny. Yes. So you, it sounds like you and I connect on so many different levels, but you mentioned the word business process. It's critical, right? The systems come second. You can have the best technology in the world, and if your processes are broken, it doesn't work. So it feels good when you say business process and how important it is in, in, in your line of work. What are some of the major projects you have going on right now? I know one. The I don't know if it was last time, but the time before that, you were working on the scooter project, for Knoxville. Mm-hmm. How did you roll that out? Because I know it—it it was a challenge because no one has done it before, uh, not in Knoxville, but it was—it was done in other places. How is it working for you guys?
2: Yeah, that it's always a challenge, right? The same thing for the food trucks uh, that yeah. sort of came under my office as well. So, like anything else, you have people who you have the public process, which mm-hmm. also you know is another thing to consider and. Uh, you know, some people love them, some people hate them. Yeah. And so it's trying to find a balance. At the end, you know, I, I said to a co-worker once, I said, I feel like nobody likes me. I'm <laughs> like, you know, like I'm not doing right by anyone. And he said, you're actually, you know, that's a good sign that you're really doing it right because you're not pleasing one side or the other. You're yeah. trying to sort of, you know, come to to some sort of a middle. I like the word pilot, pilots Mm. work really well because we are able to introduce something new to the community Mm -hmm. and it's a test. And so we're not married to it. It's not something, it's not a permanent ordinance. And it gives us a chance to work on any bugs and any, anything that comes up. We'd had the pilot program for the food trucks and we had a pilot program for, uh, and we're still under a pilot for the scooters. Uh, Of course now, through the pandemic, those are down, right? So because we don't want that transmission and such, so they're not part mm-hmm. of the reopening right now. But it's a lot of different things that come, not a, a lot of moving parts. So you, you have to consider what KPD thinks about it, what traffic engineers think about it. Of course, the law department is involved in all of that. It. So it's a lot of different moving parts to get to somewhere. Uh, visit Knoxville also has become a great partner in this and helping us educate the public in terms of where they can park them, you know. The challenge is that these business models are in other places under different rules. And so people come into Knoxville and do what they did in another city, which is totally opposite of what we allow. So in some cities, they're not allowed on sidewalks and some cities only allowed in sidewalks. So it's, all, it, it's a little complicated when you introduce something new to the public.
0: Right. There's a lot
2: of education that goes into it and a lot of moving parts. I have to say I was very um, very much a part of the choosing the companies to do the pilot. But the day-to-day kind of a thing uh, fell into my co-workership and Brian with sustainability. They did a lot of the day-to-day issues that would come up.
0: Mm -hmm. And now
2: we have somebody else that that is doing it. So, you know, the challenge with these newer business models too is that you don't realize how much time they take. And I'm an office of one. So it's a little challenging to take on these things that you think you're just going to launch them Mm -hmm. and they're going to be on their own and, you know, sort of self-managed and they're not. No. So it it takes a lot of investment from government to allow these newer business models because it just takes a lot of time. Right. But I think it also sends a message to the community that we are a city that is open to trying these new innovative businesses. And, you know, microtransportation is something that the community wants, that cities benefit from having choices for folks. Right. So it's it's all it's kind of a give and take.
1: Your role is pretty unique. Like I don't think I've met any other business liaison in my years I mean, of doing business. You that you are, um, <laughs> and maybe they made the role for you because I don't I can't think of anyone else doing it as well as you do. What keeps you motivated? I mean, you're in year what year ten of your job with Knoxville? Yeah,
2: yeah. So I'm in job. Yeah, so we I did eight years. Uh, with Mayor Rojero, and I'm in the first year with Mayor
1: Kincanon. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You must really like it. <laughs>
2: I do. I, I feel very lucky. So, you know, I'm, I'm an immigrant from Columbia, South America, and uh, I came uh, to the U.S., actually, to Knoxville, Tennessee, when I was 17 years old. So, you know, when I arrived in Knoxville with limited English proficiency, could I have ever thought... You know, maybe one day uh, I'll receive a call from the newly elected and first female mayor of this city that I'm coming into saying, I'd like to talk to you about joining my administration. I'm the first appointed Latina in the history of Knoxville. And so there's a lot of pride that goes with that. And, uh, and so I'm just very lucky and uh, very honored to work for for the citizens of Knoxville, because I've, I've received so much from Knoxville. It's, it's a challenging role because, um, you know, I'm sort of an in-between between the business community and, say, our inspectors and our zoning people. And so I'm a facilitator. That's all I am. I can only just bring people together. And you'd be amazed how much gets accomplished just by sitting together and talking about it. Sometimes the business uh, person gets a better idea of the whys behind the no. And sometimes our guys, are zoning and um, building inspectors and such. Sometimes in talking to the the business owner can uh, sort of understand a little bit more sort of their vision of where they want to go and maybe make suggestions of saying, wait a minute. Well, you know, maybe this is not the way but maybe this is, there is another way. And so that conversation is very critical. And uh, we, we're we very lucky to have Peter Ahrens as uh, our chief building inspector. And and think they're very open. I think there's been a, a big change in the last eight years under Mayor Rojero and continuing with Mayor King Cannon in terms of being more open about having a conversation, right? So it has been a, a cultural shift. Right. In not just saying like denied, denied just because, but having a conversation about how do how do we help the business community get to where they want? And I love that role. I love sort of being the connector, the helper. I guess that's that's a role that I like. And so I am very lucky. The other thing that I feel'm I'm, I'm very fortunate, and now I report directly to Stephanie Welch. Who is deputy to the mayor and um, economic development and such? I think Mayor Rojera and Mayor Kincanan and people around me know that I wear many hats, right? Yeah. And that's what makes me me. And so I'm very grateful to the administration because I am also allowed to plug in where I see that people need help. So I've been sort of become this de facto immigrant refugee liaison of sorts, because I am from that community. So for example, now during the COVID-19 pandemic, my community, the Latino community has been hit pretty hard. So I'm very lucky that I'm able to be spending some time working with the Knox County Health Department and trying to uh, help them as best I can to communicate the message Important messages that need to go to the Latino community, and so my role is—you know—changes from day to day, and I feel very lucky because it doesn't get boring. Every day is different. People have different ideas, and they're challenging ideas. Sometimes I go like, people are really getting very, very creative. So you know, they—they don't fall into a little structure. They want to do something outside the structure, and so it's always trying to figure out how to help people when that structure they don't fit into the structure right. so it's it's very interesting
1: i really enjoy working with you and chatting with you and i wish you the best in your in your role i think you're doing a great job mm-hmm. and uh, we'll keep this conversation going but thanks for coming on the show today and this was this was great
2: i loved it thank you so much for having me i'm honored
0: okay we'll talk soon
2: take care bye bye
0: we have just concluded another information-driven episode of Rethink IT. Join us again next week and continue to discover how to rethink IT and implement new and better ways to deliver world-class government services. To access the show notes and other episodes, or to learn more about working with Abhijit Verikar and Avero Advisors, visit averroadvisors.com forward slash rethink IT. We hope to see you again next time so we can continue to build a smarter government. Until next time.